Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Power Man Podcast, our hit podcast that has gone international now. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to keep saying that. Um, very proud of where we are right now. And uh, just want to thank all of you right from the jump and say, uh, you know, appreciate all you folks listening, subscribing, enabling your alerts and following us on social media, interacting with us. Uh, you make all this possible. So thank you for that. Um, today's episode is uh, sort of plucked from the headlines, so to speak. Uh, I've been watching a lot of this stuff going on with athletes and coaches and, you know, so on and so forth. And um, saw a uh, a meme come by. Uh, a friend of mine sent it over on Facebook and said, okay, guys, what's the over-under on Juwan Howard uh, getting fired as the Michigan men's basketball head coach? And uh, most of us were pretty much in agreement that he's royalty over there as part of the you know former Fab Five, and he's not going to get fired. Um, he uh, will probably be suspended. But um, all of the conversations that have been going on, and uh, I found myself sitting here uh, even tonight going, man, I'm sick of hearing about this already, um, about coaching. And not just at the collegiate level, but there's been a lot going on, um, you know, locally at the high school level and a lot of stuff going on uh, with some friends of mine in a different state with their high schools. And so I seem to have just been inundated with coaching stuff um, lately. And, you know, that got me reflecting on, you know, my coaching experience and the things that I went through and the guys that I knew and, you know, that I came up with and, uh, it also got me thinking about, you know, the guys that I knew that that I really loved coaching with and coaching against. And then the Juwan Howard thing, um, you know, where he punched another, I don't know, assistant coach or something. Um, got me thinking about guys that that just really shouldn't be in coaching. You know? And... Um, I just wanted to talk about that tonight, to be honest. I wanted to get that off my chest a little bit because, you know, as you, as you move forward, especially when you have boys, um, that, that play sports and uh, not taking anything away from girls that play sports. I mean, you know, my, my daughter played and, uh, if your daughters play, that's awesome. Um, I can only speak from, you know, my own experience and my biggest and, you know, um, longest, championship runs were with my sons. So that's where a lot of my memories, a lot of my history, a lot of my growth uh, took place was in building those teams with, with those guys. So, um, but when you're a sport parent of any kind, and when you've been a coach of any sport at any level, you know, then you look at things a little bit differently. You, understand your players a little bit differently. You understand that there's a, a different dynamic going on in, in the, uh, in the world when you are looking at things as a coach. And as you look at other coaches, like I said, there are just some coaches that should not coach. And I know that it's hard because, you know, we're all volunteers so a guy volunteers to coach and you don't want to say, no, I don't want you to volunteer. But I think sometimes you have to, you have to take it a little more seriously than that. 
And instead of just taking whatever you can get, you know, as an organization, you, you have to be a little more selective about the people and their character and where they're coming from. Um, so there's, there's three basic types of coaches that I want to get into that are, uh, well, that are the types of guys that should not be coaching. And, you know, I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, I've run into all of these types um, at one point or another in my career. Uh, the first type of coach that really shouldn't be coaching is the type of coach that uh, doesn't know a damn thing about the sport that they're coaching. <laughs> And now please keep in mind, I'm not talking about five-year-old soccer, okay? I'm not talking about t-ball. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about just trying to, you know, herd cats <laughs> and, and just keep guys moving and, and having fun. You know, this isn't like seven-year-old basketball or something, okay? Um, I'm talking about guys who are at a higher level. You're in a, a uh, you know, a minors or a majors level in, you know, Little League Baseball. You're, you know, doing a travel ball league. You're coaching, you know, basketball for kids who, you know, are ranging anywhere from, you know, 8 to 15 years old and are starting to take it more seriously and the games start to matter a little more. You're coaching youth football. Um, but most of all, you're in a school program which kids, especially by and large, tend to start counting the school programs as real sports. It's not a club. It's not a church league. It's, it's the school. And when you put on that jersey and you, you put on the name of your school, you're on a real sports team. And you should be getting coached by a real coach. And at the very least, by someone who knows the sport they're coaching. My sons are very, very fortunate to have had some very good coaches along the way. Uh, but we have had a, a couple of real gems that have popped up. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I say that, you know, a coach in a school should know the sport they're coaching... I understand that a school is going to hire a teacher who is willing over a non-teacher who is skilled 100% of the time. Totally understand that. And I get where that comes from, and I understand the teacher's point of view as well. But, you know, my youngest son had a situation, and, and um, he had two coaches in a row that really do bring this point to kind of a stark contrast. In consecutive years, he had two coaches that didn't know how to coach the sport they were coaching. However, his first year of doing that, the coach knew he didn't know enough about it. He did everything in his power to watch videos, to, you know, scour YouTube, to read books. Um, he went to those of us who 
had thrown before and, you know, said, Hey, you know, do you recommend any videos or books? Cause I'm trying to learn this. And even though that coach didn't know the sport and didn't know what to teach the kids, he tried his damnedest to learn. And when he would teach the kids, the only things he taught them were the basics that he actually had learned by teaching himself. So he wasn't making it up. He wasn't teaching them things that weren't actually right just to act like he knew something. And when a parent came along that, you know, held the school record in the event and actually did know how to throw, kind of just gave away the event there, um, he welcomed the help. He welcomed the input. And because he welcomed the help and the input, the help and the input was given with the utmost courtesy and respect. And it was really amazing. Those people worked together to make the kids better. And by putting away his ego, that coach really was the one who set the stage for those kids being able to get better, even though he wasn't as proficient as a coach should have been in that spot. And I think that coach is probably listening right now. And I think he knows who he is. And um, I think he knows how, how much respect I have for him to this day. In large part because of he acknowledged, you know, his own weakness and welcomed some help. It wasn't about him. It was about the kids. That's what it's supposed to be about. So I applaud him. And uh, I, ho- I hope he's listening. <laughs> uh, T.A., I hope that you uh, hear this. And I hope that you, uh, you know how I feel about it. Now, on this same point, in stark contrast, the following year, that, that gentleman did not coach that particular area. And a new person came in, again, a teacher, again, who knew nothing, who had a chip on his shoulder about the fact that some parent who held his school record and obviously knew what he was doing, tried to help him with it. (laughs) You've all figured out at this point that yes, I was the parent. That's not the point. This coach bristled under the idea that someone else besides him and his authoritative position was trying to help the kids. He was not only not able to tell them the right things to do, he somehow learned incorrectly the few basic things that he really needed to learn and was actually teaching them how to do it wrong. Now, keep in mind, when you're at a younger level like that, you're setting the stage with these young men 
for what they're going to bring with them into the next levels. This was all about him. This was all about him as a coach, you know, getting paid the coaching stipend and trying to bullshit. And you've all heard it before, but you should never try to bullshit a bullshitter. It was awful. And what's worse is the head coach knew it was awful. (laughs) And when push came to shove and I was really trying to help my son um, get ready for, you know, the finals and the championships, um, I was told to basically get lost because they didn't want to step on the toes of the guy who didn't know a damn thing. So when push came to shove, we worried more about the feelings of the coach who never should have been there in the first place. And the people we weren't worried about were the kids. So if you don't know how to do it, that is not the place to step up and cash the check you know, backing up to the pay window and basically stealing your paycheck every week. It's supposed to be about the kids. And if you don't know what you're doing, don't take the job. Number two. Number two is the kind of coach that blames the players, like outwardly and openly blames the players when things go wrong. Even when the players um, make a, you know make an accomplishment when they uh, when they achieve things, this coach downplays the achievement as a way of trying to motivate them to do better. This coach is an idiot. When you're dealing with young men, the worst thing in the world you can do is hang things on them like that. You can expect greatness if you're a good coach. But when things go wrong, and like, you know, hey, things went wrong on my teams, the very first thing that I said was it was my fault. If my players weren't able to do something, that was my failure. After every single game, I would send out an email to all of the parents in any of the sports that I coached talking about what happened, you know, Hey, you know, uh, praising the guys who, who did some good things, um, praising the guys who may not have done a whole lot that got recognized, but they did some things that not everybody sees, you know, maybe they were really great in the dugout or they had great attitudes or, um, you know, they did a few things that I asked them to do, uh, that, you know, just really showed some great, great teamwork and devotion, you know, and stuff like that. I went to great lengths to praise the players. And when we had a couple of rough defeats and, you know, a couple of our guys just didn't perform the way they needed to. The very first thing that I said was I should have prepared our players better. I took ownership as the coach and said, look, 
if my players aren't ready or if they're making mistakes and they can't do the job, it is on me. And if I can't get them ready, then I don't need to be the coach. Never did I minimize what they accomplished. I would never say to a group of people, hey, you know, what you did last year was, you know, pretty good, but, you know, wasn't good enough. What? That's not what it's about. And the reason that I'm hard on these kind of coaches is because these types of coaches actually know the game. They know the events. They, they know the sport that they're coaching. They know what to do. They've had a modicum of success somewhere else or, or you know, there. And they've, they've earned the right to be a coach. But when push comes to shove... They can't be a man. They can't take responsibility for the fact that maybe they didn't do their job the way they should have. That's another person that needs to either get out of coaching or really look at themselves and start making some changes. This particular type of a coach to me it's is a shame because they've worked and they've learned and they've they've put in the time and they are officially coaches. I mean they aren't just volunteers. These are people who know what they're doing. But their inner power is so weak. Their confidence is so fragile that they can't take any blame. And they have to put it off and project it elsewhere. And I'm sorry, but when you're that particular coach, <laughs> when you are so weak that you can't say, I didn't prepare the team well enough, that you have to hang the responsibility for it on a bunch of young men who are developing, developing their minds, developing their hearts, developing their, their muscles, their sport, their game. Time to look in the mirror. But those first couple of coaches, they don't compare. Points one and two, those don't, those don't compare at all to the third type of coach. The third type of coach that that really kind of gets to me. And the third type of coach is the one who uh, I don't want to I don't want to use the word abandons um, because it isn't about leaving coaching. It's about, you know, leaving your players. I, I would say it's the type of coach who is uh, is ungrateful. 
I am grateful to and for every young man that has ever played for me. I don't care if they were great. I don't care if they were terrible. I don't care if they had talent or they had none. If they played that sport, if they came to practice, if they went out on that field and, you know, <laughs> spilled blood and sweat, I mean, if, if they came out and, and, and they cried when we lost and they cheered when we won and they devoted themselves to an idea, to a goal, if these young men came out and they trusted me and they put their faith in me, then they are my players for life. For life. If I see them on the street, I'm going to stop and talk to them. Hey, how are you? If they want to, you know, follow me on social media, you know, it's great. By and large, I leave it to them. You know, we don't have contact over social media while they're my players. But when they've moved on, absolutely. <laughs> I get to hear great stories about my players all the time. The things they're accomplishing, schools they're going to, jobs they're doing, you know, hobbies they have, um, serving in the military. I mean, starting businesses. I, I have awesome former players. And I love talking to them. It, it feels awesome to be walking down the street and have somebody go, hey, coach. And you turn around and they're looking at you. And I may not have coached them for the last 20 years, but I'm still their coach. And they're still my player. So that third type of coach who, you know, is really tight with his players when he's winning championships, who's, you know, really loving life when he's winning and, you know, these players are helping him make more money and get better jobs and, you know, move through life when they're building his reputation. And then, hey, when they're done coaching, they basically say, hey, uh, I have no time for you and you're not my problem. That hits me wrong. That hits me really wrong. You know, sometimes a player just wants to know that you have a connection to them the way they feel a connection to you. Sometimes a player just wants to know that even though you told them they were worth something, you know, back when they were playing for you, they want to know that you still feel that way. They don't really want you to solve their problems for them. They just want to know you still give a damn. And so coaches who basically are like, hey, I'm done coaching and now I no longer know my players. I no longer have time for you guys. I can't even have a conversation with you. 
because I don't want to step on somebody else's toes or hurt somebody else's feelings or get involved in anything, God forbid. You know, that type of coach is just disappointing because players live and die for good coaches. They give everything they have and then some for men that they believe in. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that all they really want back is for that man, that coach, that person that they hold up on that pedestal to believe in them too. And if there's a real connection there, something that should span the test of time, I mean, that's a relationship that should be treasured. You know, as a coach, that's someone who's going to speak of you highly and think of you highly for the rest of, of his life. Long after you're gone. That's immortality. That's legacy. And you should be grateful for it. And so as I sit here and I watch Juwan Howard <laughs> throwing a left hook at a assistant coach from Wisconsin. I don't condone the behavior. Honestly, he probably ought to get fired. Also, honestly, he probably won't. But what struck me even more than the event was the comments of all the players. And I mean, almost every single player to a man. And they all said the same thing. Whatever my coach did, he did. He has our back. We have his. We're a family. And no matter what happens with Juwan Howard, I'll bet you that when this group of players, if any of these young men who are part of this group of players wants to call him, you know, 10, 15 years from now when he's done coaching and he's hung it up, and that young man just wants to call and vent or, you know, talk about the day or, you know, just hear his voice. If that young man calls him up and says, you know, hey, coach, I, I just need to talk to somebody who, who thinks I matter. I'll bet you. I'll bet you Juwan takes that call. Right or wrong on the whole punching thing. He's he's built that that atmosphere. And I'll bet you that he takes that call. So brothers, if you're going to put your hat in the ring as a coach, let me just reiterate a few things for you. Number one, I admire your choice. Okay. Because coaching is not easy. It takes a ton out of you. It really does take over your life. 
And so I never blame somebody who says, you know, I've, I've had enough of, of coaching. You know, I need to step down and you step aside. You know, it's time to move on to a different endeavor. Hey, when you can't give everything you want to give to that, then you know what? You're probably doing the right thing by stepping aside. But Stepping aside is one thing. Casting aside is another. So, in closing, if you don't have any idea how to play the sport and you're not willing to learn it and really work at it, I don't care if you're a teacher or not, don't take the job. Because this is for the kids and they deserve better. If you're an accomplished coach and you know how to do your job and you know what you're doing and you lose, you come up short, your players don't perform, always remember that little timeless phrase, the buck stops here. If your players didn't do what they needed to do, you didn't coach them well enough to do what they needed to do. It is never on a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old kid. It's on the coach. Do better. And finally, if you're, if you're going to ride the backs of these guys to championships and fame and reputation and, you know, money, your debt to them does not end when you hang up the whistle. They gave you everything they had. And when they turn around and ask you to simply remember that they matter, you damn well ought to. End lecture off soapbox. Let me close with this about coaching, especially coaching our youth. For me, coaching was one of the most important, most incredible pieces of my life. And that's not taken away from anything else. I don't mind saying that. It gave me so much. that I can never fully repay the players who played for me, the parents who supported us. I'm even grateful for the parents who hated my guts because it made me look at myself and it gave me more motivation than ever. Coaching sports, coaching our youth, those are some of the best moments of my life. I'm beyond grateful for all of it. And one of the best feelings in the world is to know that a lot of these players still call me coach. A lot of these guys still remember things I told them. 
they love to walk up and quote things to me, you know, like, I know, hey, coach, I know. If you can touch it, you can catch it. And so on. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. But before you get into it, make sure that you feel as strongly about it as the kids do that are playing the sport feel about what they're doing. They're here to give everything they got. And they deserve the same from you. So to those of you who are coaching already out there, I hope you take some of this advice and, uh, you know, look at yourself in the mirror. Make sure you're not on the wrong side of any of those three points. For those of you who have hung it up and said, enough, I certainly hope you'll pay attention to point number three and be eternally grateful to all those players who made you who you are. And if you don't know the sport, well, then, you know, be great. Just don't coach it. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for letting me rant about coaching. Um, It'll be interesting to see where Juwan Howard lands since, you know, he he was the inspiration for most of this today. And, uh, well, I hope that some of this helps somebody. And, uh, you know, we always say here on our podcast, if I can help one person be a better man tomorrow than they are today, then all this is worth it. And on a little finer, more focused note, if I can help any man be a better coach tomorrow than he is today, then not only have we helped that man, but we've helped all of the players that will ever play for that man. And that is most certainly worth it. We can all do better. We can all be better. Believe it. Until next time.